Oh, I didn't know it was going to go that quickly. Um, anyway, <laughs> I like drinking beer and I like talking hockey when I get to do both. I feel pretty lucky. Oh, let's get pucked up. All right. Welcome to another episode of Let's Get Pucked Up. I am your host, Robin Coymans, and it's been a while. Um, I want to just explain what's been going on, why I've been absent for so long. Um, I know not many people are probably caring, but I should explain anyway. <laughs> so um, the last two and a half months, I tried to record two episodes back in like mid-January or something like that. One with this crew who I have here. I've got Wyatt and Stefan with me, by the way. And uh, the power went out on that one. Classic yellow knife. We were like an hour <laughs> in and the power just went out. <laughs> and then for uh, the second one that failed, uh, Zoom did a weird thing. It just didn't uh, keep the MP3 of the of the the episode that I was recording. So that was two back to back in like a one week span. That pissed me off. <laughs> and then um, then the NHL pissed me off. I'm not gonna lie. Um, there was the whole Chicago Blackhawks press conference with uh, uh, Rocky Wirtz. It was Rocky, I think. Yeah, I got all the words is mixed up. The old words. He uh, basically had three months to prepare for this thing. Had announced that this was going to be the one where they explained basically what's going on, how the team's moving forward. They were going to address the Kyle Beach situation. And the first, the second he gets a question about it, he just shuts it down. Um, we all know what happened. It happened two months ago, but um, still, that pissed me off. Gary Bettman's reaction to it pissed me off. um and the fact that evander kane got signed to an nhl contract and apparently every fucking team wanted evander kane on their team uh or wanted evander kane that also pissed me off so i was like okay i'm gonna take a bit of a hiatus uh from the hockey podcast here for a while because uh the sports pissing me off um the olympics came and went that wasn't very entertaining so whatever um in any case i'm here I'm happy to talk some hockey with my friends again, and I'm drinking a Guinness. Um, I'm first going to talk, toss it to Stefan. Stefan, how are you? What are you drinking? I'm good, man. I, uh, I hear you. It was, it was time for a recharge, um, and I'm going to recharge with uh, some electric unicorn tonight, you know, get fired up. The Oilers <laughs> are playing tonight against the, uh, the bottom-dwelling Coyotes, so I'm looking forward to a W after this weekend's performance. That was a beautiful transition play on words there. You did Stefan. Well done. You're, uh, you're definitely, you're definitely recharged. That's for sure. So uh, we'll move it on to Wyatt Donowski. How are you doing? What are you drinking? Oh, thanks for having me back. It's been a while. Uh, I, I assume at least we wouldn't, we weren't allowed to talk about uh, racism in the NHL because every time you tried to talk about it, uh, the podcast would be right. certainly deleted. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, I tried so hard to to get in my two cents, and we all did. And the hockey gods were like, "No, we're not. Uh, we're not letting you talk about any issues. Yep. Hockey is a perfect sport. Shut up and watch it." So, just like the NHL, we're just going to move on and hopefully not uh, bring it up ever again. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a, a rocky couple of months, especially for the Jets, but and especially well, for Rocky Words, and we'll, and for Rocky Words, I'm, drink, I'm drinking an Ostara, which is a celestial mm. sports beer. I don't know what that is. I didn't know mm. it was dark. Uh, so this is a nice like, foray. And a little adventure beer um, to kind of 
uh, see how it goes. But yeah, good to be back. Yeah, I'm glad to have you guys with me for this. We're going to talk trade deadline, first of all, maybe a week too late, but I was on March break. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, Wyatt, are you on March break right now yourself? Yes, I have one more week. Well, thank you for joining us, taking some time yeah. out, of your, out of your break for that. I, I was not kind enough to do the same. I was in the Rocky Mountains last week when the trade deadline was going down. Um, but yeah, we had a pretty pretty uh, eventful in terms of number of trades, trade deadline. And I figured maybe we could throw it out there by just saying, what was your favorite trade? What was the trade that you found most entertaining? Um, so Stefan, maybe I'll let you lead off. Now, when you say entertaining, uh, that, that leaves a lot to be uh, deciphered. So I like yeah. that. Um, yeah, it's, it's a ve- purposely vague word. <laughs> uh, honestly, I think of entertaining from the point of view of hockey in the playoffs might actually be good hockey from this team because of this addition. So I like the Manson trade to the Avalanche. Uh, I thought it was a little early. It wasn't quite on the deadline day. I don't know if that counts in the category, but I, uh, I had the pleasure of watching them on the trade deadline day against the Oilers. And you already, you already can tell from a guy like that, that he's going to bring uh, toughness on the back end when, as you alluded to the pre-podcast, the cadres of the world are suspended. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also like the fact, like, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on that and say that I like the fact that it was a similar trade in terms of getting a player to, like, the – to Ben Chirot is like a similar type of player that you're adding, but they didn't have to pay nearly the same cost as Florida did for Ben Chirot. Um, So I, I definitely agree with you. I think that's a smart trade. Um, yeah. And I, I, I remember looking um, why you have Josh Manson on your team in our fantasy league. And I was looking at his stats immediately after to see what kind of impact he had by switching, switching teams. One of the first games he played might've even been the first game, put up 10 hits in that game. So that lets you know what what kind of a player that they've got going into the playoffs wow. in Josh Manson. A shell, um, a, shell, a shell of my former team. Yes, it is. <laughs> after after I Pierre Dorian my team uh, on the trade deadline. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves too far, uh, unless you are wanting to talk about Pierre Dorian in terms of. No, 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 I'll, I'll, that's a that's a tease. Okay, yeah. that's a good tease. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Don't beat yourself up too badly there, Wyatt. I. Uh, <laughs> We don't need to get don't, into the politics of our fantasy <laughs> league. But don't, I think fine. Yeah. It's like, don't, like that's another podcast. We can create another one for that. Don't read Twitter. Don't read the 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 forum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my my most interesting trade is a trade that didn't happen, which I which is uh, I think the most intriguing one by far. And this also connects to Ottawa as well, which we'll probably talk about after. Uh, but having uh, Evgeny Dadanov uh, get traded to the uh, Anaheim Ducks for, I think it was, what, a third-round pick or a second-round pick or something like that? It was third? Um, no, it wasn't for that. I think he went along with that because it well, was a like, salary was dump. The, oh, yeah, it was mainly a salary dump one, which is good. However, uh, he they did not consult his – or he didn't – uh, his agent or the Ottawa Senators didn't submit his uh, tr- because he has a no trade clause. So they're like, "Oh, oops! Uh, I guess you're not." And Anaheim was on on that ten team no trade clause. 
So out of all the teams he could have been traded to, he got traded to the team that he didn't want to go to. And so then he was in limbo. Like, he did nothing wrong. And so then he couldn't play for two games. I wonder who was paying his paychecks during that limbo time. uh, Gary, don't worry, I got it, Batman. Uh, (laughs) Out of the the goodness of his heart, he just reached. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm sure it came out of his pocket. (laughs) He's just dipping into the the Arizona Coyotes financial things. So... (laughs) Um, yeah, so then, and then, uh, Vegas sucked. I think they didn't score a goal when he wasn't playing and then he's back. They avoided the trade, which I've never seen in all of my time of, of, um, watching hockey. I've never seen a trade get voided, uh, or canceled. Uh, and then. Sorry, I'll chime in. The only time that I've heard of it happening, I think there was a question about this on like, uh, 32 thoughts I think it, or it might have been on a different podcast I was listening to um, but they mentioned the Eric Lindros trade when he went from Quebec mm. to Philadelphia mm. that there was like it's not an official voiding but apparently there was like a, a, a handshake deal with the New York Rangers that was supposed to have gone through but then so that one was like an unofficial trade that like was supposed to have happened, but then he had the NHL ruled that it wasn't binding, so th- that he went to Philly instead. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the uh, just to add to that, the best part about that whole uh, trade snafu or whatever the hell we're calling it with Dadanoff was the fact that they were trying to free up cap space from Ryan Kessler's contract because uh, <laughs> he's on LTIR. And then they, I think they're like, they couldn't add anyone else because of that. Like they, they can't do anything for the rest of the year. They have to keep somebody in the L- LITR or whatever. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, and I'm sorry, Wyatt, I'll let you get back to this in just a second. But the thing is with the, the Dadnov situation being voided, they can still trade him after the trade deadline, which is a weird, what? it's a weird uh, loophole or maybe not a, not even a loophole, but it, you can make trades after the trade deadline. The stipulation, though, is that the players who are traded cannot play for the new team. Oh, so it's less likely then. So, yeah, it's less likely, but someone could trade for Dadnov, and then he could just be a part of their team in terms of his salary being paid, but he couldn't actually play for them. Ottawa! <laughs> Dorian! <laughs> so, then, so then, like, then Dadnov comes back and then scores the game-winning goal and, yeah. like, the, the 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 scoreboard and he's like now one of the most like hottest players in the NHL like imagine that's like a big chip on your shoulder like oh, oh. team that I was playing for traded me in a salary dump situation and now I have to go back and play with them and I'd be fucking them the, get them into the playoffs which I think he's just going to will them into the playoffs which is just amazing because <laughs> I think they would have not made the playoffs or they would they'd be falling out of it if he wasn't there so again, unreal drama. That was the NHL trade deadline. Yeah, and it's going to continue because that's like the the lasting repercussions of that. Like Stefan was alluding to, they can't bring in like say if Mark Stone's ready to go or whoever is on LTIR is ready to go. Robin Leonard say they can't bring them back into the team to make a playoff push. They have to just keep them on there until they shed salary somehow. So something like, yeah, they have like something like 7 million that they sitting in the long-term injury reserve right now of like quality players that they can't even bring up because they're at the cap. Yeah. And they need it right now. They need all the players they can get because they do not mathematically have the best odds of making it, even with Dadanov being on fire. 
Mm -hmm. uh, just because they've got so many more games played than other teams. And if you're looking at pure points percentage, they're behind quite a few teams. I feel like they might even be behind like Vancouver and Winnipeg, but uh, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that, how that story develops. If Dadunov stays on fire, if he forces their hand uh, to just keep him in the lineup and like kind of put it to the side, the whole bringing back those other guys. Is, is this the Atlanta Thrasher curse put on them saying like, listen, you guys were too good for two for the first couple of years. Now you're going to get cursed with all this stuff and you're never going to make the playoffs again. Well, it could just be karma for the way that they treated players too. Like, uh, a lot of people feel like they've been too cutthroat with their players and just like cutting bait on some of the team favorites, like, well, the stab in the back with Marc-Andre Fleury thing, ah. the, the whole trading of Nate Schmidt, who was like a fa- fan favorite and team favorite um, to clear cap space to sign Alex Petrangelo. Like leaving, they, leaving Gerard Gallant on the side of the road. Oh, yeah. Let's not forget that one. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So could be could be karma for that. Um, and now I'm looking at the standings. Actually, they are better points percentage wise than both Vancouver and Winnipeg. So forget what I said there, but, um, yeah, but they're still outside the playoffs right now. Yeah, I think so. Well, like Dallas has four games in hand on them and is only one Mm -hmm. point back of them. So Dallas should like, I think technically if you're going by points, which the NHL seems to love doing for whatever reason, (laughs) Vegas is there in the second wild card, but. Dallas really should have that second wild card spot. Um, so anyway, we're we, that was a, a a good one to go down with, uh, to talk about why it um, it was Pierre Dorian adjacent in in so much as we had the the no trade clause <laughs> that was not properly submitted to Vegas from the Ottawa Senators, and I'm going to go full Pierre Dorian just like <laughs> right down the barrel by talking about my favorite trade of the trade deadline, which was Travis Hamannick to the Ottawa Senators for a third round pick. Now it might seem pretty like insignificant and mundane when you first look at it, but there's just like so much to this. So first of all, Travis Hamannick was on waivers not so long ago, earlier in the season could have been had for nothing, but was not second of all, Ottawa of all teams. Why are they acquiring players to add to their roster right now? (laughs) They are, it doesn't make any sense. And Pierre Dorian said he like ran the numbers and figured he couldn't get a player of this caliber in the off season at the cap hit that Hamannick is at, which is ridiculous because Hamannick is overpaid at 3 million a year for another year after this. Um, Then beyond that, we have the stories being leaked out by uh, Frank Saravalli or uh, Frankie Spaghetti is what it likes to call him um, about the, the players just being super happy to have Hamannick out of the room as soon as he got traded out of Vancouver. So he's not liked by any of the teammates. Um, part of that is probably due to the fact that, well, he was an anti-vaxxer for a long time, um, only got fully vaxxed and could only travel on road games in February. I think it was. And I'm trying to think if there are any other details I wanted to add to this, I guess just really the, the fact that Pierre Dorian, after he made the trade and he had his presser after he said that his, uh, the night that he made the trade, his girlfriend told him not to look at Twitter because it was just like him getting absolutely destroyed and roasted by all the Sens fans. Um, so yeah, good job, Pierre Dorian, uh, on managing to make this trade deadline much more entertaining. The fact that that guy that uh, Hamannick was on waivers earlier in the year 
and he had to trade to get him it was just like to me adds another layer. No wonder the the fans were pissed off. Like, yeah, or even, like even Ian Mendez, who's like a respected Ottawa journalist, is like, I don't understand this trade. This trade. If someone can explain this to me, like I'm paid to cover the team, but I don't get what's going on here. So please let me know. Yeah, he's acquired a guy who's got an extra year on his contract who no one else seems to want and is now <laughs> going to take up space from a rebuilding team, like a roster spot. Um, he's clearly not the type of guy that you want. Like, I think Mark Mathot was uh, is doing like an Ottawa radio hit. I don't know if he's like, doing if he's in the media in Ottawa now after having retired, but he's just been saying like, this doesn't seem like the kind of guy that you want around your young your young kids during a rebuild either. Like it's not really setting the right messages about personality and how to uh, kind of be professional. Be professional, yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, an interesting trade. Um, I think maybe now we'll take a look at. I have here an article from the Athletic where they ranked all 32 NHL teams on their trade deadline performance. We are not. Uh, masochists to the sense that we're going to go through all 32 like the athletic did but i'd like to read their like top three and their bottom three and see if you guys agree with them right so uh at the very top they have the florida panthers so just to refresh the florida panthers they made the the ben Chirot deal which we already alluded to was in my opinion a pretty big overpayment um the claude Giroux deal which was an underpayment but not because really Florida did such a good job. It was because Claude Drew only wanted to go to Florida. That was the only place he was willing to waive his no trade for. And Robert Hag for a sixth was, I think, the other one, which uh, not bad. I mean, I don't know if Robert Hag's useful at all, but he's an NHL body. And um, yeah, the defense market seemed all over the place. So like getting a serviceable defenseman who plays hard physical minutes for a sixth round pick who's probably honestly not that much worse than Ben Sherratt, um, is not a bad trade. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I've, I'll, I'll, I've already kind of said in a way what I, what I think about them being ranked first, but what do you guys think? Um, Stefan, how do you feel about Florida being at the top? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like there might be a bias with some of these analyses, just looking at like the team's ranking and, and like what they think the magnitude of it will push them over the top for like playoff standings. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, Florida's a really good team and sure. It's probably a good piece to their, their already great core, but I don't know. I, I think there was better trades personally, but. Yeah. And that's a good point. Like the fact that they are addressing the needs that they had, they're making themselves much better for potentially a long playoff run. But this looks really stupid if they say lose to like the Leafs in the first round or something, um, which is possible. The Leafs just beat them five to two. Um, but yeah, although they're, I, I guess right now they're, they're battling with Carolina for the first seed overall in the East. Whoever gets the first yeah. seed overall in the East is facing Washington. But uh, anyway, Wyatt, what do you think for Florida being ranked first? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I like the, uh, the addition of Chirac. He's like the, or he's always, there's always like that really big drive to get that player who can play a playoff hockey, which means that he can like hit people, which is good, I guess, and slow the game down to a unwatchable amount, which is going to be great to, to see. So like, 
I guess they I guess they figured okay, our first round pick will probably be in the in like the the mid thirties or like the the late twenties. So it's not we're just throwing it away. So like it doesn't really necessarily matter if Montreal wants that. Then sure we'll give it to them because uh, it's a pretty he's a pretty serviceable defenseman. He can play 20, 20 plus minutes a night. Uh, but I was a little bit shocked at that. I was like, that's a lot to give Ben Chirot. Uh, But then Andrew Kopp got a lot. So that was, so I was like, well, okay then. All right. I guess pe- people are just throwing things away now. So, <laughs> but I, I was expecting more of like a Josh Manson return for Montreal, but good for Ken Hughes, the father of both Jack and John Hughes. Not to mention, um, the other Jack Hughes is going to be drafted this next year. So there's another, uh, there's another Jack Hughes just to, just to get that, get ready for that. Get ready for a, another Jack Hughes. He's also potentially a first round pick. Like um, Aho times two. Yeah. It's the Sebastian Aho situation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good, good for Montreal for, I don't know. I don't want to say fleecing them, but like getting a first round pick for him. I did not expect that from happening to happen. And so just, just to double check, you're saying that Kent Hughes is the father of noted 1980s film director, John Hughes. Oh uh, yeah. One of the, there's like what, six Hughes kids in the NHL now. I don't know. It's what, like Quinn <laughs> Hughes, Jack Hughes, Jill, John Hughes, Jill Hughes, Jill with a G. Jill. Yeah. Um, Jill. Like Jill Sen. <laughs> yeah. French Canadian. Like, <laughs> they decided to move to Montreal for a few years there and decided to have a Jill while they were there. Exactly. So yeah, I don't know. Good for him, but I don't think they did. They did anything too crazy because they didn't really need to, right? Like they don't need to move anyone specifically until after. So yeah, might as well just get depth for whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, the number two team on the Athletics ranking is the Anaheim Ducks. So the Anaheim Ducks sold a ton of players, and they made some tough decisions considering the fact that they were like realistically out of the playoff race, but they could probably have tried to sell to their fan base. They were still somewhat in it. Um, I've seen other teams make stupider decisions. And then if they decided to like resign Hampus Lindholm, uh, for instance, the San Jose Sharks who are already in cap hell decided to resign Tomas Hurdle for eight years. who was a great player, but where is that franchise going? <laughs> um, anyway, I digress, but the I think what helped Anaheim is they had a new GM with a fresh look at the team. He was able to assess the team realistically, and he so he, he got rid of Ricard Raquel to the Penguins for a decent haul, Hampus Lindholm for a really good haul from Boston, Josh Manson for a decent return to Colorado. Um, I feel like I'm missing one. Just Laurier. Delorier. Yeah, he got rid of Delorier. Um yeah. Well, anyway, he got rid of some key pieces as well as some like fringe players, but it seemed like he did a pretty good job. Got a lot of picks back. Um, I'm okay with them having Anaheim ranked this high, although with the caveat being, it's not as hard to just sell as it is to buy and buy properly. Um, Wyatt, what do you think about Anaheim being there? Yeah, uh, I also have Hampus Lindholm, so that really benefits me being on being on Boston. So good, like I'm glad he got traded. Um, but yeah, I like I really like the deals for Lindholm and for Manson, and uh, they tr- and they tried to get rid of Kessler, which is uh, which is oh yeah, 
right? <laughs> Almost made the dad <laughs> knock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like they had the idea of like, oh, we're just going to salary dump Kessler, which is like, I would always love a GM to like dump off salary. And that's also what Winnipeg did as well with Brian Little. So might as well like play with those numbers and, and trade those bad contracts. So I would probably rank them higher than Florida. I think they made a bigger overhaul and set up their future really well, especially with Zegris and Milano and Troy Terry coming up. That's yeah. going to be a good team in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, just, just for context, it says here that they now have three first round picks and five second round picks in the next two drafts yeah. with a ton of cap space for next year. Um, so Stefan, yeah. What do you think about Anaheim? Being I mean, up? yeah, I mean, you guys touched on it. Like you, when you have uh Trevor Zegers, uh, Troy Terry, and, and all those other guys. There's a couple of them. They, they did better than I thought they were at this at this point this year based on their team. I mean, if he would have got rid of Ryan Kessler's contract, I don't feel like you'd have to put him first. Like, you'd absolutely mm-hmm. have to. Like, he managed to dump basically 50% of their salary cap <laughs> at this deadline. Like, the only guys that they have that still have the salary cap other than Kessler is Getzlaff, who's still like you know, still playing here and there. But but they're gonna. What did you say? Yeah, they have two first rounds and five second rounds for the next two or three first rounders this year, and, and five second rounders for the next two years. For the next two years, oh, I thought it was this year. They have five. I was like, holy crap, that's out of control. <laughs> but regardless, regardless, two first rounders, you can you can build a nucleus around that. And they're already pretty competitive with the uh, Troy Terry and Zegers show every goddamn night. It seems like on Sportsnet. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited about what they can do in the future. And and I think it was a great, great move by a, a new GM, like you said. Yeah. All right. So the third team that we have here um, are the Pittsburgh Penguins. So the Pittsburgh Penguins, they traded for Ricard Raquel. That's really the only one of note, I think, that they did. But uh, it was a good trade for them. They didn't have to give up a first-round pick. Um, but they still gave a decent amount back. Um, that being said, like, if you're Pittsburgh, what else are you going to do at this point? Like, you've already sold away all your prospects to such an extreme degree. Um you're you have another good year going with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malk and you have to trade for whatever assets you can get. So uh Wyatt, what do you think? Yeah, I don't really they're they're third over they're the third best, really. I don't know. Is it a that's Brian Berg fan club that created this list? Because that's all I see out of this. That seems a, like a stretch. Um like I guess you have you have Crosby you have Latang, you have Jeff Carter, Malkin. Might as well make a run for it because those guys are still there and and like before, like they get into like cap hell or whatever it is. So yeah, might as well just go for it, I guess. And I feel like that's the same. That's similar to like Calgary as well. Like they have all these pieces right now, and they might as well just go for it. They're they're not losing anything if they don't if they just get rid of if they don't even get rid of a first round pick. That's even better for them, really. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm i not necessarily a big Pittsburgh fan, but, like, good for them. I didn't think that they were the third best team, though, on that list. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Um, for just one move, it seems a bit a bit high to have them. But, uh, Stefan, what do you think? Yeah, I'd, I'd even go so far and say uh, Lou Lamorello had a probably better deadline than the Pittsburgh <laughs> <of the> Penguins. <laughs> 
yeah. We need I to mean, get into but you're that right. You, you are right, though. It. Uh, I mean, they absolutely have to. Like, it's now. They're not. They're not like a you know an Anaheim or a team that can just sit around and wait. Like even the Hurricanes. I was. They were worried. I remember watching on the deadline. They were the Hurricanes hadn't made a trade till right at the end there, and it was. They probably didn't even need to because they're just such a talented team. Yeah. And, and then- and then they went and destroyed Detroit eleven to two. So I guess that, I guess that was a good. That's a good one for them. Good for them. Yeah, it looks like they're gelling pretty well. Um, <laughs> all things considered, <laughs> it's really making me feel good about uh, trading Alex Nedeljkovic last season. Uh, <laughs> the the fact that Toronto put ten on them and now Pittsburgh's put eleven on them. Um, but yeah, I I think. Pittsburgh had to go for it, but I'm still surprised that they're ranked as high as they are. So um, with that being said, maybe we can each give an offering of a team that we should, that we think should have been in that top three to bump one or maybe two of those teams out. Um, So I've got one in the holster. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll kick things off so I can give you guys a bit of time to think about it. But uh, my top choice for this would be Calgary. Um, I think Calgary, because even though they did the the trade like over a month ago, the Tyler to Foley trade just worked really well for that team. And it was a very low price considering what he can bring to the team. And he still got term at a very fair cap hit. Um, so I thought that was a really smart piece of business on their end. Um, they also added a guy in Cali Yarncroke, who I think fits their team pretty well. And again, not giving up a first or anything like that for him. And he's a pretty versatile forward can play all forward positions. He's not amazing by any means, but he's a good middle six guy. Um, just good depth. And uh, then they added a guy in Ryan Carpenter for like, I don't think they traded much for him, but he's a pretty like, yeah, he's a bottom six guy, but he can win face offs. He can, he can play in the NHL. So it's never bad to have that, have that added depth, but really I'm giving it to them for the, to fully trade. Um, yeah. That's what I'm picking. How about, how about you, Wyatt? I'm going to go with the Jets <laughs> because um, they made a lot of sensible moves. And I feel that um, what uh, that Shovel Dayoff was kind of trading for his job here. And if he like really messed up this, he probably would have been fired. Um, but getting rid of Little's contract to the Coyotes is pretty sweet. And having Little allow them to do that because I think they asked him. That was really nice. That was like really because we were in that like cap hell with like Bufflin, that Bufflin issue. And then also little being on LTIR, it was really hard to, to do that. And then getting Z- Sanford from Ottawa for a fifth round pick is like pretty decent for like a player who can, you can play bottom six minutes and stuff like that. But then it all comes into cop being dealt to the Rangers for two second round picks. One is being conditional that could turn into a first round pick. If the Rangers make it to the, third round which i'm pretty sure they will you think so well i'm gonna be cheering for them regardless so i I do i do think like shesterkin can steal at least one series so there is potential that they can they can do that and cop will will be a big factor in that he will probably play every game for them so again like it's a pretty big return for cop i didn't expect that big of a return um but overall yeah i think chevy did a pretty good job uh kind of managing the assets and not giving away first round picks to try to like get his team into like the fringes of the playoff picture to try to play Colorado and then ultimately lose. So, yeah. yeah. 
I'm just waiting for the the New York Rangers to roll over teams with their like Swiss Army knife line of just Tyler Mott, Barkley Goodrow, and Andrew Kopp just playing like 25 minutes a night Seriously. somehow. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be insane. Actually, so, though, I, um, I, yeah, I think I think Chevy did a pretty good job. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I think like getting. I know, I know you at first you were like Mason Appleton. Why, why did we trade for Mason Appleton? But like, he's, he's a decent enough player who's got some potential. They only gave up a fourth for him. I Again, think like if, if it was worth, if it was like a third or a second for him, I would have, it would have been worse. But like, again, I think like, like trading those like bottom round picks are, that's the side. I'm okay with that. Keep our first and seconds for the, the draft, right? Yeah. How did you feel about them not being able to offload Paul Stasny, though? No one called, apparently. That's <laughs> what Chevy's like. No one wanted him. So I think they would have. I think, like, I think they could have tried harder to move him. But Paul Stasny also, like, restructured his deal to make less money to stay in Winnipeg. So I feel like he will keep doing that. Or if he feels like he likes the team, he'll either walk or he'll stay. His kids are here. Like, Cop also was like, not necessarily the most, the biggest fan of Canada and, and like their, <laughs> and like the policies that re, that are around COVID. So it's called yeah, American. Yeah. He okay. used to be a high school football player. Um, yeah, it looks like so it. Like, like it's great that they got rid of kind of that. And they added, uh, and they added like players who just are, like we'll compete for bottom six minutes, which is pretty good. But yeah, I'm okay with that with a second round pick for cop. I think it's a great deal. For sure. Um also like wasn't he injured when he got traded? Like it's pretty I know it was like a mm-hmm. minor injury, but it's still like even the fact that they were able to get that much for a guy who was injured at the time is pretty wild. Yeah, he got in the next game though. Oh did he okay. That was a concussion. Or maybe he just got his bell rung or something like that. But yeah, like he, he missed a game, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, Stefan, what do you think? Who's missing that should be up in that top well, three? You you just did an amazing segue, Wyatt, because I have <laughs> the old Rangers blue seats. I honestly, I was shocked when they could add without giving up, you know, like high profile draft picks. They had, so they added Cop. They added Mott, they added Braun, and then uh, what's the other one I'm missing? Is there another player with one syllable? Yeah, name? I was going to say they really love those one syllable. Yeah, yeah. short <laughs> names. Well, you got to think their announcer. What's their announcer's name? You know how he gets. He gets all amped up and he, he can't say his <laughs> long names. Um, uh, I think it's Frank. Game. What is it? Frank V. Frankie Vetrano. Yeah, yeah. Frankie so, like, Vetrano. You know, like they have a young nucleus that's already really good, but again, they like. They rounded out their bottom and they didn't give up much for it. And like, I don't know. The East is crazy this year. Like everyone knows they're making the playoffs. So it's like, who's going to do anything in the playoffs? And like, how do you get better? You get those guys that can eat minutes and play hard. And those guys, all those guys play hard. So I don't know. For me, it was like, it was under the radar. And and then you mentioned it already there, there, Robin, that, you know, they got a goalie that can steal probably a series for them, like easily. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think that they made some pretty good trades. I think the Andrew Kopp deal was maybe the only one that's like questionably an overpayment, but the other one, but even so, like it's, it's, he's a versatile player. He plays like 15, 19 to 20 minutes a game 
um, in all situations. So I can see the appeal. You can play any forward position. Um, Wyatt, you know more about the Jets and you got your finger up. So I think yeah. you're going to tell us a little about those 19. I was going to say, what are, tell us about Cobb. Give us the scouting profile. So to like to go off of like the Rangers, like they didn't give up Nils Lundqvist. They didn't give up Keandre mm-hmm. Miller. They didn't give up uh, any like good D prospect. They gave us like a, a, a depth forward who's probably a fourth line fourth line prospect. So like they didn't give up like a crazy big prospect for cop either. Um, so like, I guess it could have been worse. I was really hoping for Niels Lundqvist, but yeah. Or like <laughs> Braden Schneider or, yeah. or even yeah. like Capo Caco just to like try and revitalize his career. Yeah. Or, or Alexi Lafreniere, like any, any of those. Oh my God. <laughs> fringe, fringe players that aren't doing too well. Oh uh, frick. Yeah. <laughs> Lafreniere got his first power play point, what, like two weeks ago? <laughs> Which is insane. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the Jet, it was a little bit of an overpayment for Cop, but again, trade deadline is synonymous with overpayments. So I think it's hard to not overpay, but I think the Rangers did a pretty good job of keeping their core prospects there, the ones that they're pretty high on, and not just getting them away from like for Andrew Cop, but you know. Yeah, and I really liked the the Tyler Mott and Justin Braun deals and the and the Frank Vetrano deal. I thought those were all really smart additions that really bolstered their depth and didn't cost much at all. Um, so kudos to them. Like addition yeah. without subtraction for sure. A guy like Justin Braun could probably do like be as, be of as much positive value as a guy like Ben Sherratt in the right situation, and he only costs what like a third round pick. So it's not bad. Um, I know Ben Sherratt brings more of a heavy game in the playoffs, but like Justin Braun plays fairly heavy too. He's a, he's a solid defender. Um, yeah. What's other D pairings? Like what is it? Fox. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was just looking Fox at Fox Lindgren normally play together, I think. Okay. Yeah. It's, they seem like their D is like pretty solid now with the addition yeah. of Jeff- Here, I'll, I'll, I'll just call it up on daily face off. Just give me a sec. Yeah. I'm looking at it too. Yeah, so just like having, they just Fox, seem like Fox Lingren, Chuba Miller, and then Nemeth and Braun, or pick one, or Braden Schneider's in there. Yeah, know. or Schneider. They got to get Nemeth you know, out of that though. Nemeth one of my, should not be playing. You probably <laughs> saw this, Wyatt. One of my favorite call, or listening to uh, cops uh, interview after he's leaving, he's like, "God damn it, I can't get away from Chuba." <laughs> <laughs> well, him, him, and Chuba are yeah. very many of their beliefs so it's, <laughs> it's good for them for, I, for hanging out together so i'm gonna scroll down now to see if i can find the bottom three teams and we'll take a gander at that i can guess as to who will be on there um all right so the let's see we got the third worst oh okay it's not what i expected okay so the third worst we have the Carolina Hurricanes. What? So the Carolina Hurricanes, they acquired Max Domi at a 75% discount, it says. Um, and that's basically all they did. So oh, yeah. I forgot Domi was traded. Oh, yeah. So I think they're that low because they're a team that should be all in and they didn't really bolster their team much. So, hmm. yeah, Stefan, what do you think about them being in the bottom three? I thought they did something else. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I was saying earlier, like they, 
they don't really need to do anything. They have such a good young nucleus and a team that with the way the East is this year, like, do you give up something for a chance this year when all these other teams are already making the playoffs? You know who you're going to be playing. Do you think you're going to like just get rid of a guy to try to beat a Florida that's ramping up uh, Tampa? That's already, you know, like they're trying to three-peat. I don't know. Personally, I think it, it was a smart move on their part, not doing anything too crazy, but I, I, I thought they did something else. I could be... Wyatt, do you have something to add? Uh, this is different. Breaking news. Uh, Eugene Mellick just died. What? What? Yeah. Eugene Mellick passed away at 62 uh, from like a illness. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like just like Ottawa Senators announced it 16 minutes ago. 62. I just Ooh, I just got the notification from yeah. the score same app. Sportsnet, same here. Crazy. Holy. Wow. Uh, now I feel bad about my future <laughs> future shitting on the Sens that was about to happen. <laughs> yeah. So. I wonder what was it. Yeah, it just, that's just shitty. Yeah, maybe that's I'll just leave awesome. it at the bad Travis Hamannick deal. And uh, honestly, like... Can we just, just move like, on? Can we just yeah. move on? Just like R.I.P.? <laughs> Well, We're sorry, just, family. I, mean, I don't think I feel for his family. You know, it's just that is that like just out of nowhere. That's just what I'm. I'm most shocked about is like yeah. there is, no, like he didn't step it down. He's he was still the president, and you know, like that stuff, like running the organization, like that's crazy. So wow. All right, I, I'm just shocked. This is like okay, thrown so, me for a loop. So, okay, back to the, the Domi thing. I, I'm just reading this. So, apparently, okay, so I don't know if you guys followed this. So, they traded for a sixth-round pick, Max Domi. Does that yeah. sound right? It was a three-way trade. So, technically, the Panthers are holding are paying 25% of Domi's salary, which is hilarious because those two teams are vying for the, the seed, the number yeah. one seed right now. And then on top of that, the Leafs are also uh, technically responsible for a bunch of his salary right now. <laughs> the Leafs are? It's like the two teams. Yeah, no, okay, so it said, oh, no, it's two players they traded for him. Okay. Igor Korshkov? Does oh, yeah, that name Sorsky. sound about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. he was a part of the Leafs system last year, I think. Yeah. So he's a part of that trade. Okay. Well, I think, yeah, aren't, aren't three teams paying a salary? I think this just, like, touches on the whole fact that I don't understand why teams trade their players to division rivals. Like, can you not find somebody, like, an equal – like, what if the draft picks a couple, you know, a couple picks later? Just trade it out of your division. Don't trade it in your division. That's just a dumb idea. Unless you really know. think, think this player is terrible. you can get Unless you honestly think this player is not going to cause any damage to you. I don't know. I don't know. I think you take the best offer you can get because you're going to have to go through every team if you want to win the ultimate prize. So it doesn't matter if it's division or not. Um, I don't know. That's how I would look at it. But um, yeah, the the funny thing that was mentioned about the, the Panthers retaining 25% of Domi's salary for a pick is that Bill Zito, um, I think, would have – like, where did he work before? Before he was um, – I think it was in Arizona, maybe. Yeah. 
And so that, that was when, right, yeah. like when Max Domi was an Arizona Coyote. So that some people were like joking about the fact that like maybe Bill Zito knows more about Max Domi than he's letting on. <laughs> and he's like retaining salary to get to make the deal happen. Just knowing that he's going to be like toxic to the locker room in Carolina <laughs> and just take them down <laughs> from within. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'll let you have Max Domi, no problem. <laughs> um, is that the same? They should have asked Torts. They should have asked Torts. Is that the same guy who hired Joe Quenville? Is Bill Zito? Yeah, did he um, hire Joe? I want to say <sighs> sure. <laughs> so, so this was the third worst deadline move team, according to the Athletics. Yeah. Interesting. All right, what's okay. number two? Number two is the Nashville Predators. So okay, the Nashville Predators, just for uh, memory's sake, they traded a second-round pick for Jeremy Lauzon from the Seattle Kraken, who oh, is, he, like, not good. <laughs> he was on my fantasy team, and I dropped him. That's how bad he was. Yeah, that was a mispick in the – yeah. <laughs> um, then – they did not trade like some of their pending UFAs, but I think that's pretty fair. They're in the playoffs. Um, so one being Philip Forsberg, who's still, who's on the team still, but doesn't have a new contract. So um, I guess the fact that he doesn't have a new contract yet could mean, could, could make their grade lower because it's a bit more uncertainty, but I don't know. I think that's personally maybe being a bit harsh to Nashville. Um, I don't think they're Columbus. I don't think they're like our 10 Panarin situation like Columbus there where they, they're worried he's not going to come back. I mean, the guy's been there for a while and yeah. you haven't heard any rumblings that he wants to leave. So, like, I don't think it's that bad. But Yeah. And, I mean, like the Jeremy Lozon trade, sure, it's bad. But it's a pretty – it's still only a second rounder. It's not a huge um, resource to waste. Wyatt, what do you think? Yeah, like I think again, I think just going for it and seeing if they can catch like the the mm-hmm. LA Kings magic where they they're in the playoffs, they're really they're people to see, but then they just go on a run, and then hopefully like Poyle I think has no he has no other options right now than to just let it ride and then blow it up in the off season. Yeah, and and Poyle's also been GMing this team for like its entire franchise uh time yeah. he's been he's been gming just je- in general for over 30 years and has never won a cup so you gotta and you like, gotta understand he's he doesn't do rebuilds at this point in his life he's like in his mid to late 70s and he's been gming for over 30 years and like keep in mind that he got philip forsberg for martin erats on dead on a deadline deal and that was deal so i think he didn't want to have history repeat itself or he kind yeah. of you know lets him go for nothing He's looking. He's looking more at his like his trade deadline record more than his team's record in the playoffs. That's what he's like. He's like, I gotta, I gotta keep that record real tight to the belt, you know. <laughs> gotta keep my trade legacy intact. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You gotta, having, you gotta come out on the positive in that one. And it's having like Roman Yossi destroying this year does is also like helps kind of maintain the course. For sure. You never know. He could be like a Chris Pronger, you know, modern day Chris Pronger. You just like lead the predators to the promised land. You never know. Maybe. They have um, some other pieces there. They're not awful. I mean, they're in the playoff contention, right? So yeah, they yeah, they got a like they got Roman Yossi, they got UC Saros who can steal games. Um 
when Duchesne and Forsberg and Grandlund are all clicking, they're good. But I mean, that still should probably not be your first line, regardless. Um, Tyler Janot is a pretty good player. Yeah. Oh, right now, that's not scaring any team in the East right now, <laughs> or Colorado. You can hit and, and deflect pucks into the net at like a point <laughs> three goal per game pace. So like, that's good. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's not gonna yeah it's not gonna instill fear into others um all right so we'll move on to the bottom ranked team here and uh this one i think makes some sense it's the vegas golden knights so (laughs) yeah we'll give it to them (laughs) so this is mostly on the merit of the the messed up dadnov trade which would have had them getting ryan kessler's ltir and john moore's contract um Yeah, it's it's weird. So the, the, the trade that they were going to make, it was a second round pick and Evgeny Dodonov for Kessler's cap hit, John Moore, who's making two point seven five million himself and is like not even an NHL regular. And um yeah, it says they would have only gained three point three seven five million in cap space if that deal had gone through. Um, and that's with Moore's contract buried in the NHL. So it's almost a blessing it didn't go through based on how Dodonov's playing. Um, yeah, I don't, it, it seems like a weird deal for them to have made in the first place, but I guess that they had to. Um, but, it, but yeah, they were really getting bent over a barrel on that one, it sounded like. So maybe it's for the best. I don't know. Why? What do you think? Yeah, I just keep thinking, like, is Eichel the problem? Like Eichel supposed he was supposed to re-energize his team, right? That was like that was like a crazy trade. They kind of fleeced the Buffalo Sabres a little bit, and like I thought Eichel was the the man. And some they played the Jets a bunch of times. I didn't notice Eichel that much. Like he hasn't been stealing games and stuff like that. Maybe he's still injured. Maybe that's still happening. But like he's, just, he's been playing okay. But like yeah, not to the standards you would hope. But I think what I'm more worried about is just his energy. Like he brings yeah. negative energy. And yeah. I remember when he was on the Buffalo Sabres, his body language when they started losing was always terrible. And yeah. as a captain for that team, I feel like the rest of the team probably fed off of that in a, in a bad way. Um, but yeah, you look at his remarks when they went back to play Buffalo, his first game <laughs> back to Buffalo. And he was like, it took me leaving for the for that building to finally get some noise in it or something like that. Like yeah. just a an unnecessarily dickish remark, I think, on his part. Um, like the I mean, it, was don't, it, was, it was entertaining, they've don't get me better. wrong. They've been, Sorry, doing better with, they've been doing like way better without Eichel as well. Like, I just yeah. think, like, yeah, it's just insane. I mean, they had nowhere think, to go but up, but they're also... I think, you're, I think you touched on it, because, like, when I think of the, the Knights before, it was, it was all about, like, the team identity. It wasn't, like, the superstar that's, you know bigger than the team and then you have this guy that you traded you know what you trade for him comes in he's injured he's not even there and then he shows up and he probably has a shitty attitude all that shit and a bunch of the analysts as much as i don't want to give analysts from sportsnet and tsn and all those the spaghetti guys and all those uh credit they are right though you don't want to mess with the team chemistry and i guarantee you that's messed with them a little bit it's starting to feel a little bit like a slur using the, the those spaghetti guys. 
<laughs> him and I'm him and regret, um, I'm starting to regret bringing up the Frankie Spaghetti nickname. Even I'm, though I'm it, gonna call him that from now on. I think even though it works really well with the Donnie Meatballs nickname in uh, in Buffalo, but um, Frankie Spaghetti. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I think that Eichel's energy seems to be doing something. I don't know. It's it's hard to like not notice a an effect wherever he goes, but. Um, that being said, are there any teams that are in the not in the bottom three that you personally think should have gone in the bottom three? And uh, why it all lead off with you? Well, we can't really say the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> so the man died, Wyatt. <laughs> Don't bring it up, Wyatt. Can't really say that. Um, I don't know. I would probably say I thought, well. Like, do you think the LA Kings could have done more? Mm, yeah, maybe. They were looking at being in on Jacob Chikrin um, for a while, and that didn't materialize. But, like, they have all the assets and prospects that they should have added someone like that who not only makes sense because they have no defensive depth right now, but makes oh. sense in terms of their, like, long-range plan because he's young, he has a low cap hit for the value that he provides. Um, he would have actually been maturing – at a good pace with the rest of their players as they become a good competitive team. So I'd agree with that. They yeah. says that they only traded for Troy Stetcher, basically. I, you know, the I, real losers of that too, on top of that is, is Dowdy and Kopitar, the older guys that they're like, what does that tell them? That, uh, we don't care about winning right now. We're just going to wait, well, see how the team gets in a couple of years. Daddy's daddy's still injured, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. true. But yeah. Oh, actually, the he's going to be back by the playoffs, he said, though. I rescind my, my team and I, I put in the Vancouver Canucks because they couldn't trade. <laughs> they couldn't trade Jet Miller. <sighs> perennial all-star, perennial MVP. Do you hear what they were asking for him? I don't disagree. It was, it was ridiculous. But I think, I think that they are going to get less for him in the offseason than they would have got at the trade deadline. So I... Like if you're Trader Jim and you want to get rid of Miller, knowing that you're not really going to make any noise in the playoffs, might as well just go full tilt and just like sell Miller at this highest value, right? I don't know. Maybe they're just thinking that a full season under Bruce Boudreau next year will get them into the playoffs as long as they've got a guy like JT Miller still on the team. I don't know if Miller can recreate that success this year, though. Like he was, he's been unreal. And yeah, I've, He's definitely not hitting these heights again. Like this and is I definitely regretted trading him for Jaden Schwartz <laughs> <laughs> and Travis Konechny and Jaden Schwartz. <laughs> yeah, no, I fleeced you on that one. I'm sorry, but uh, I, I, I don't think any of us could have foreseen this this kind of season though when that yeah. trade was put through. <laughs> but I think, but I think you trade him when when the value is highest. And I don't think it'll get as higher than this, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, that makes sense. And that reminds me of like when the Leafs back in the day, when I remember when they had Nazem Kadri and he was coming off like a 44 point season in the lockout shortened, like 48 game season. And I was like, I just, there's something about this guy and don't say racism, but there's something about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, just like when I would watch him take shots, I felt like the puck was just like floating toward the net. It didn't look like there was much on it. Um, I, and I hadn't yet seen the suspensions, but like, I don't know, in a way I was right. I mean, they should have traded him at that point when he had a ton of potential and was still pretty young. 
and hadn't gotten suspended multiple times in the playoffs for them. Yeah. And like not, and I guess they traded Mott's, but like even trading Connor Garland would have been good probably. And maybe even dumping part of OEL's salary, just like essentially cleaning up all of Jimbo's awful moves. Like if he could have got rid of, um, what's their backup goalie? What's his name? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who gives a backup goalie a no move clause? That's uh, absolutely bonkers. There's nothing, I mean, there's nothing that we could do. There's nothing they could do about that. That's all Jim Benning, and he's gone. So like, <laughs> exactly. So just, like, so just, like, just cleaning up all those issues that Jim Benning had. The wrath of Benning. He might have left a better legacy than Peter Shirelli did. Uh, Peter Shirelli, man. <laughs> Thank Peter Shelley. They're still dealing with Miko Koskinen this the year. Ghost so of, yeah, really... The ghost of Miko Koskinen's contract. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think there's going to be a big offseason push in, the, in Canucks land, but I expected a little bit more from the deadline from them. You know what, Stefan? Maybe that's unfair. I, I, I do think it's comparable, like the Peter Shirelli, <laughs> Jim Benning co- co- comparison there. Like it's, yeah, like he traded for that OEL contract. That could be real ugly for the team in a little while. Um, I think I think if we had to do a segment, I think Shirelli still wins. But yeah, you're right. It, it is it's close territory. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Wyatt with a couple a couple good shots there at teams that didn't do enough, um, or yeah, just didn't do enough. And Stefan, what do you think? Yeah, I'd agree with the um, the LA thing. It's kind of like you're you're there. Why don't you just add a piece? Like you don't have to do anything crazy, but just like do something. Like. Show that you're like show your team that you're you believe that they actually can do something this year, because I mean they've been a hard team to play against. It's not like they're there for no reason. They they've been winning games with some injuries, as you mentioned. So that for me, that's the big one. And I know I said it at the other end earlier, but like the Islanders, like <laughs> like I don't know, uh, Lou. Lou, you, you're going crazy, man. Like, that guy, he's for sure, he's got dementia. Like, I hate to say it. My grandpa has it. He has it. They're the same age. The guy needs to live in the present, not in the past. Yeah, so I, I'd agree with that. I was actually going to pick the New York Islanders, but you got in there just ahead of me, Stefan. Um, and since we can't pick the Ottawa Senators... Um, <laughs> I guess I'm going to go oh. with, I guess I'm going to go with, uh, let's see, maybe the St. Louis Blues because mm, they're a team a that one. probably should have added a little bit more. And all they added was Nick Letty and they overpaid for him. By but he far. skates so well. What do, what do they get for Nick Letty? <laughs> um, I feel like they gave up like, oh, a couple double picks. check. I feel like it was a decent pick though. And he's also a guy who's earning like five. I think he's still earning five point five million against the cap. Let me just see the Nick Letty trade. Second round pick. Yeah. And a forward. Who is it? It was Panic. Did he sign that deal like in um, uh, New York for the Islanders? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he it's only uh, one year like, left, though. Sorry. He only has one year left, though. Yeah. So it's not like. It's not like they're locked in on it, but for sure, second round pick for that is a little much. Second round pick was a bit much for a guy who's like barely NHL caliber this year. Um, and I know he was decent last year in New York, but um, I, yeah, I don't know. It didn't seem like a good pickup to me. It didn't really, 
it also like felt like it kind of overlapped with the skill set that they already have with a lot of their defenders. Yeah. Like he's pretty much a poor man's Tory Krug. So mm-hmm. yeah. I don't... They need to get a bigger guy. They needed to get somebody who could win down low in the defensive zone. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, I don't but Krug is injured now, so maybe they're that's why they got him. Yeah, so maybe they knew point. they needed a poor man's Tory Krug and <laughs> yeah. and realistically they have a poor man's Tory Krug on the team and Scott Perunovic, but he's been injured for a long time. So, um, so they needed a third poor man. Third Tory poor Tory man. Krug. <laughs> Tory Krug, yeah. Maybe the um, problem is they keep it picking injury prone uh Tory Krug like players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just love Tory Krug like players, especially Tory Krug. Um I think maybe what we'll touch on just before uh, going to talking about a couple of award hopeful situations is so for the Western playoff race that's going on right now, it's getting pretty hectic, pretty crazy. Um, at the moment we have Colorado obviously locked in Minnesota's looking pretty comfortable. Calgary's locked in. And aside from that, I wouldn't say with a hundred percent confidence that the rest of the teams are in it for sure. But Nashville's looking pretty comfy, but not for sure. And same with St. Louis. But beyond that, we've got L.A., Edmonton, and then Vegas is locking up that last wild card according to points, but not according to points percentage. It should be the Dallas Stars by points percentage. So I guess my question for you guys is, how do you see the West playoff picture shaking out? Um, Wyatt, what do you think? Who's Who's going to make it? Uh, it will be the what? So you want the two wildcard teams? Um, so if we're assuming, do, so are you assuming that the the three top three teams in each of the divisions are staying as is, or are you assuming um, that I it's think, like Colorado, Minnesota, Nashville, St. Louis are locks, and then Calgary and LA are locks? Yeah, I think the I think uh, the central is pretty locked up. I would say uh, the Pacific, I think Edmonton will get in like McDavid will just like will them into the playoffs. So I can't as much as Miko Kostin wants to have a golf holiday. I don't know if they're actually going to um, miss the playoffs. But I think they, and I don't know how this, if they get Stuart Skinner in, just make him play all the minutes because their two goalies are hot garbage. But I think overall, um, yeah, I think like it'll be interesting to see the Jets make it. They're definitely not going to. I think it's going to be the Stars because the Jets are just not good enough and they're too inconsistent. They need to go like 13, 2, and 1 to have a shot. And that seems impossible, especially when Dallas has three games on them and they're a point up. So, uh, and Dallas, I think, is clicking pretty well right now. And they're going to get Mira Heiskanen back, uh, having Ottinger like and uh, Wedgwood as a solid tandem. I think is decent. Wedgwood is part of a solid tandem. I don't think I've heard that before. <laughs> Wedgwood won a game uh, with the stuff. Like I think Wedgwood played on a really bad team, and I think he's like actually a decent player. Okay. Uh, you know he's no Vimelka, but what can no, you do? No one um, <laughs> So. Yeah, I'm a little bit shocked that LA is doing so well, but I think they can. I think they'll make it because I have Cal Peterson, and he should just play the rest of the games from now on. Um, so that will be beneficial as well. But yeah, I think I think uh, Dallas kicks out 
Vegas, and I think St. Louis and Dallas will be the last two teams in. All right, Stefan, what do you think? How is it going to shake out? Yeah, I, I'd be hard-pressed to, to move anyone in the central there. I feel like those top four, it might change the order a little bit, but I think those four are pretty well locked in, uh, even with the top wild card, even. Um, but I'm just looking at the uh, the schedule because I, I think it's all going to come down to what strength of opponent at the end of the year here. Like, there's going to be some teams that don't care at the end of the year. You know how it is. And, and so the Oilers play after tonight. They play five games against non-playoff teams, we'll say, um, out of their 15. L.A. plays quite a few more. <laughs> They've got some Chicago games, some Anaheim games, Seattle, Vancouver. Like, they've got a pretty weak schedule. Like, I'd be shocked they don't just based on that alone. And then you look at you look at the the Vegas Golden Knights, and they have a pretty decent schedule, like the Oilers. They got some tough competition coming up, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But I like I I can't bet against my Oilers. I think they're gonna make it, whether they make it in a wild card or the third seed. Uh, I don't know, but I, I'd be shocked to get ahead of LA just because LA already has that advance and they have such a weaker schedule going into the playoffs here. So, yeah, I, I think, I think it's going to sit where, where it is right now with Dallas probably jumping in. I'm just looking at Dallas schedule right now. Cause I don't know who they play, but Dallas has to the, to me, the, that's a big thing. He has, they have a very easy schedule to finish off the year. I think they, Dallas- well then. Then, yeah, and then I'd say Dallas over – and then, we, as we talked about, Vegas can't even bring up players if they become healthy. Like, they have issues managing their own roster, let alone the opponent. So, for me, it's – I think it's – yeah, I think it's going to be Dallas and Nashville probably as uh, – or Nashville and – or, sorry, Dallas and and probably uh, Nashville as the wild cards, yeah. Fair enough. Just, yeah. It'll be fun. I'm going to, just to make things spicy, I'm going to say that LA drops out of a playoff spot. So Whoa. even though they've got an easier strength of schedule, um, they've just got a lot of injuries and they've been playing over their heads all season, I feel. So I, Cal Peterson. <laughs> I honestly, I do kind of believe in Cal Peterson more than he's shown this year. So if there's anything that's going to help him, it's that I think. He's gonna play, start playing better while Quick starts to go in a nosedive. Um, Do you not, Sean Dersey? <laughs> don't believe in Sean Dersey. No, <laughs> that's, that's that's part of the problem. They have Sean Dersey playing 27 minutes a night and on the first power play right now. It just doesn't feel right to me. So, uh, to replace them, I've got Edmonton and Vegas sneaking in. I guess is the third. Uh, team into that division which mathematically doesn't really make a lot of sense but um, and I don't even want Vegas to really make it but I'm just trying to make things more interesting I mean like probably LA is going to make the playoffs but like screw it that's it's not fun to say that so is it I, I just gotta I gotta add this before we like we sign off on this and we don't talk about this again is Montreal officially mathematically out of the playoffs yeah oh I love that they were the love that. That is just music to my ears this season. They are the first team 
ever, their first team in the league to be eliminated. That's like not even Arizona has been eliminated yet. All I gotta say is I was right, boys. Absolutely ridiculous. I think I my prediction <laughs> and my like spicy take will be the Jets will finish one point out of a playoff position, mm. uh, and the Canucks will finish a point back of that as well. And if the Canucks cared just uh, their earlier, <laughs> they would have made the playoffs. Paul Maurice resigned. Yeah. A week earlier, nothing would have changed. <laughs> no, it probably would have fallen even worse. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I'd love more is if the uh, the Canucks are like two points back of a playoff spot at the end of the year, and then they get garbage draft picks because of it. <laughs> yeah. So I I think I don't know if I've said it, but Dallas will get that last wild card spot. So uh, yeah. So I think um, we'll wrap things up now. Just talking about two interesting races going on for the awards in the, in the NHL right now. One of which um, features someone who I honestly did not even have in my top, like three uh, say like 20 games ago for the, for the Norris, but he's been on such a heater that I think he might even be the front runner at this point. So we're talking about the Norris. We're talking about Roman Yossi. He of 81 points so far on the season through 64 games played. In case you didn't realize, he is somehow just put up an all-time like heater and is just torching the league right now. He's, I think, in his last like thirteen games, he scored like twenty-eight points or something like that. What's his TOI? I guarantee you, he's playing like the most insane minutes this he's year. He's playing twenty-five, seventeen again. That's not even that much. It's not even that ridiculous. I think Brent Burns <laughs> is playing more than that from a team that's not very good. That's impressive. That's even more impressive if you ask me. Like. The rest of these guys in the top five are on unreal teams. Yeah. So we got, yeah, we got Roman Yossi doing that on a probably should be shitty Nashville team. We've got uh, Kale McCarr having a year that like should normally win him the Norris. But so he's got 24 goals, 73 points in 62 games is affecting the game at both ends of the rink. When you look at his like relative possession stats, he's an absolute beast against the rest of the team. Um, you look at his, rel- his like expected goals for when he's on the ice versus when he's off the ice for Colorado. It's like pretty ridiculous. So we can't just give it to Roman Yossi. We have to have a discussion about Kale McCarr there too. Um, but in addition to that, you have Victor Hedman, who's probably been the best player on the Tampa Bay Lightning this year. And they're a pretty damn good team. Um, so those are probably the top three and that's not even counting, say like Adam Fox or, uh, unfortunately like Aaron Eckblad who got injured and has fallen out of the, the conversation. So yeah. What do you guys think in terms of Norris who would have your vote right now? Stefan? I mean, I mean like Yossi, just because of what he's working with, like, and it's like you said, he's just like, he's just steady. And I was looking at his stats after you mentioned that and, He's got like every stat unreal and he's doing it by himself. Like you said, like, I don't even know, like, I don't even know how you can compare Like, and don't get me wrong. Kale McCarr has so many highlights and he's just on a phenomenal player. And I, and I feel like he'll probably have Norris after Norris. He'll be like the Lindstrom of this era. But right now in this moment, I think I have to pick Yossi just based on what he's working with. I mean, Hedman, Hedman also could be a guy that you could give it to just, purely in the fact that he dominates games, but he also 
has like probably one of arguably the best lineups in the league right now. For sure. Um, Wyatt, what do you think? I'm going off the board and I am saying Devon Taves for <laughs> North. Because your favorite stat, Clemens, he's a plus 45. Oh my God. <laughs> and that's impressive, isn't it? No. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Must be getting laid in Winnipeg. That's all but I, I guess, have to say about that. <laughs> what what is what is the North Trophy if it's not just giving it to the highest scoring defenseman? It's, it's, that's essentially what it is. If you can score goals or get points, then you will win the Norris Trophy. That's what I. That's my opinion on on who they give it to every year. Is like this guy is offensive, but he's actually a defenseman. So you should get the Norris. So I was just looking up on uh, moneypuck.com, the relative expected goals percentage for on ice versus off ice. And like the, so the effect that, that would have on the team, Kale McCarr is number one at 16 plus 16.3%. So when he's on the ice, the team is expected to score 62.1% <laughs> of the goals and actually does score 68.6% of the goals. But when he's off the ice, Colorado is only expected to score 45.8%. <laughs> Um, second though is Roman Yossi and he wasn't that high up when I was looking at this like say 40 45 games into the season so he's really just uh laying waste even more yeah, yeah. to the league that's even more impressive the fact that he's made up ground on a guy that's played well all year yeah so Roman Yossi has a relative expected goals percentage of 13.6 percent um his on ice expected is 57.1 percent and off ice nashville is at 43.5 percent. so that tells you how valuable he is to the team yeah, no kidding. um and he's his actual on ice goals percentage is 63.8 percent. so and um, is that stat is that stat robin is that based on the type of like ice time he has like is it five on five is it i think it's because the thing five. is because the thing with McCarr, I mean, you, you could even argue five and five as well. He plays with the top two lines usually, right? Yeah, so I, like, yeah. So it doesn't like, uh, yeah. I don't think it accounts for like quality of teammate. Um, they need to make that statistic. That's the next statistic that's going to come out. Yeah, where, it's tough. Like it's, it's, it's like relative, relative, basically, because you're like looking at it relative <laughs> to the players that he plays with, and then relative to the team. Yeah. Where's the Dave's on that list, Coyvin. I'm looking. He's definitely number three on the list. Um, 33. I'm not finding him right now. <laughs> you have to go pretty far down, probably. He is like so he good. Pretty, that... He was pretty high up when I was looking at it before, but now I'm not finding him. Um, that who's animal. three? Who's three number, on that? Number three is Thomas Shabbat. Shabbat? Oh, he... Interesting. I think that's just because the rest of the Senators are so bad. <laughs> well who's four i'm curious what this trend looks like um four is quinn hughes surprisingly yeah he's gotten some calls for nominations for norris and uh then if you look number five is chris weidman of the habs which i think is more about the an indictment of the rest of the habs and he's also not been playing the full season um mm-hmm. then adam fox is sixth okay so if we look at actual on ice goal percentage um then devin devontae ranks 11th so he's at 61.6 percent. but for relative he's only at 1.3 percent positive um so i think really with devontae's what he's 
benefiting from is playing with really good teammates. He is a good player. Don't get me wrong. Um, they also use him in a lot of defensive starts. So I think the fact that he's got such high, like that he's got such high on ice goal percentage when he is utilized as a defensive defenseman more like at least a decent part of the time. And that's something I can look up um, if I can find just like their zone start percentage. Um, yeah, that's a good stat because yeah, like coaches definitely use their pairings in different situations. Uh, I'm having trouble finding it right on the spot. So <laughs> sorry about that. I had this all on a, a fancy list when I did the, I mean, I but to do this last time on the podcast that never was to, to, to oh, fill here, this. here. Sorry. I found it. So, um, percent of shifts started in the defensive zone. Taves has 16.4%. And then for offensive zone, it's 13.3%. So yeah, he does start more of a shifts defensive zone while Kale McCarr starts 11.4% in defensive zone, but 21% in the offensive zone. Uh, so no, that's, not awfully, those... that's not awfully lopsided though. What about Devon yeah. Tate? It might also <laughs> speak to the fact that the Avalanche is just that good. They don't have many defensive zone faceoffs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> possibly. Um, but yeah, I think personally, if I'm looking at these these stats, if I'm considering the impact on the team right now, it would be hard for me not to give my vote to Roman Yossi based on who he's working with on Nashville. Versus, like you were saying, the quality of teammates in Colorado, it's hard to say who's really, like, stirring the drink in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, whereas Nashville, it's pretty clearly OC. But, I mean, like, the future of the game, having guys like Cal McCarr and, and Adam Fox up there. And, I mean, Victor Hedman and Ekblad aren't even that old. Like, Yossi's the old man there. Like, and he's not even that old. What is he, like, 30, <laughs> 31? Yossi, yeah, I think he's, like, 31. God, he can play till 40 like Lindstrom. Frick, we're in, we're in for good defense for the next little bit. All right, so the next uh, category, or the, la- the last thing I wanted to talk about with you guys is just figuring out who's going to win the heart because this has been a debate that a lot of people have been having. Um, are you team Igor Shosturkin? Are you team Connor McDavid? Although there's some voter fatigue with McDavid, it seems. Are you uh, Austin Matthews giving him a shot? Um, do you even want to go dry cycle for some reason? I don't know. I've heard other ones too. Have you heard the the most recent one coming out of Calgary? Johnny Johnny Hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard that one a little bit. I don't know about that, but which uh, I think is hilarious. Yeah. Anyway. Um, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's got much better defensive metrics this year than usual. But I feel like that's a Daryl Sutter system thing more than anything. Um, what about Devon? Is he on that list? <laughs> <laughs> what about Devon Taves? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so Wyatt, since you're speaking up, I'm going to do the teacher thing and call on you first. So uh, who do you think should be winning I'm the going, I'm going with your favorite player, Mr. Mustache Man, Austin Matthews. I think uh, I think it, he is – he honestly makes that team better. And I think he – how many goals do you have? Like like. 40 something now 48 like he might get 60 that would be pretty cool um he's scoring at a crazy clip he's making michael bunting the rookie of the year i think bunting is 42 years old uh which is amazing to see as well the oldest rookie of the year in the world like he just makes 
everyone around him better. So give it to Matthews. Be kind of cool. Make everyone in Toronto be really happy when they inevitably lose in the first round. <laughs> yeah, because the the heart trophy really matters after we get lost, <laughs> eliminated after the first round again. Um, Stefan, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you mentioned him, but I'm going to, I don't know if it's an off the board really, but I'm going to Ovechkin. You know what? Like, I feel like he's just going to give his team a push here and he's just going to come out of nowhere and just, and, and everyone's going to be thinking Ovi, you know, the Ovi show, he's going to, he's going to lead them to the promised land again. At the end of the day, they, I know it's regular season, but like how many times have we seen them vote? Cause they don't vote till after the playoffs for all these guys. And it's usually because of the influence they say that it led to in, in the playoffs. And so for me, Ovi's the guy. Yeah. He's been, he's been having a good season for sure. He has tailed off a little bit over the last while, but I mean, still got, let's see, still got 78 points, which is it's only tied for 12th right now, but he's got 42 goals. He's playing over 21 minutes a game. Um, yeah, the guy's a beast, for sure. I, I also can't pick Oilers two Oilers players because I'll hear about it on this podcast. So, <laughs> so That's my deferral. So my issue with the the Hart Trophy is that it seems to always go to forwards, just because people say there's already a defenseman award in the Norris, oh, there's already going. a goalie award in the Vesna. Um, I think that's BS because the the term is just the most valuable player, and in terms of value, I feel like it's hard not to go with Igor Shesterkin, yeah. So my pick for the heart right now is Igor Shesterkin. Um, he's not had a great last week and a half, but I stand by it based on what he's been doing for the whole body of the season. It's just insane. Um, yeah, the guy's a stud. So what, what about um, Huberto? Is he like a dark horse for it, you think? I wouldn't say he's a dark horse because he's tied for third in points in the league, but I think it's hard to say that he's even the best player on his team this year, in my opinion. Because that team is so good. That team is so good. Um, he's also on the second line, which I don't know if that really matters, but he's playing in a less important position at left wing. His defensive metrics haven't been good this year. I would say that Barkov is more valuable to that team than Huberto. And you're, until you're Ekblad going... got injured, I might have even said Ekblad was more valuable. You're not but... going through Austin? Uh, he's having an amazing year, but I just can't ignore what Shesterkin's been doing for New York. Like, I feel like that team would be sunk without his goaltending. What about slap pass Marner? <laughs> he's definitely <laughs> coming valuable. on strong. I agree. I think this is a great pick. It would be nice well, to see. It would be nice to see, too, also a goalie win for once yeah, when they so... deserve it. So an interesting stat that I was looking into as well, or not stat, but just piece of trivia, I guess, is that since Bobby Orr won the the Hart Trophy, and I think it was like 72, 73 or something like that, um, or basically since Bobby Orr won it, only one other defenseman has won the Hart Trophy. Do you guys have any guess as to who that is? Patrick Waugh, Dominic Hasek? No, 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 defenseman. Oh, defenseman. Since Bobby Orr only one defenseman. Sorry, I, I was getting off track from the goalie thing there. Um, Sorry? Lindstrom? Lindstrom? Yeah. Not Lidstrom. 
Ah. Younger or older? Like, was it more recent or similar vintage to Lidstrom? Ah, interesting. Oh, hey, Bork? Bork? Yeah, Not Bork. Bork. <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you. It's Chris Pronger in 1999. Pronger. Yeah. Who was he playing for in 99? Playing Saint for Adam. the St. Louis. Or St. Louis. Yeah. Oh fuck! I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh, Batman only... just put a Batman just put a release about uh, Mr. Eugene's uh, sudden passing. Hmm. In classic Batman fashion, just words on a screen. Just lawyer talk. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah. So Pronger is the only defenseman in the last basically like fifty years to have won the heart. In terms of goalies winning the heart, we've had a few more. There's been. Um, well, there's Hashik who won it a couple times in Buffalo. There's Jose Theodore who won it in Montreal when Aginla should have won it probably. And mm-hmm. there's Carey Price who also won it in Montreal. So mm-hmm. there's been more of uh, it's 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 more of a common thing, but I still think it's not common enough considering how important the position is. Do we think? Do we think in the next? being that we know these numbers now, do we think in the next five years it's likely that any of these defensemen we were just talking about wins the heart? I think Kale McCarr could have a shot in the next five years. I was going to say, even even Fox even maybe. You never yeah. know. They're young. Yeah. They could get really like, good. Just just watching how McCarr moves is just absolutely insane. Like his like just shoulder fakes and his edge work is just unreal. Yeah. Yeah, so my, my so pick young. would go to him oh. for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. Not as good as Devontae's, but like pretty good. <laughs> By the way, I looked at Money Puck again just to, to add on, and I did screw up. I was in all situations. I wasn't in five-on-five. So now that I'm looking at five-on-five numbers, Devontae's is is the third best for relative Woo! expected goal percentage. Oh, shit. Do you... Behind Charlie McAvoy and Alex Edler, of all people. <laughs> Alex, Wyatt, do you get money every time you say Devontae's his name, or like what's what's the contract like? That's one of the one you of the agent? Who, one of the trades that someone fleeced Lou Lamarello with. Uh, like he got, I think they got him for like a second round pick or something, or a third round pick for Devontae's. So good for two, Joe Sackick. Two seconds. Yeah, good for Joe Sackick there. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we can maybe leave off there just uh, noting that Devon Taves is the most important player in the NHL. <laughs> Probably should be the MVP this year. Uh, well, plus minus is anything to be believed. And honestly, the reason that Chris Pronger won his heart trophy was because he was a plus 54 that year. So that was back when plus minus was like the only stat that people really had to look at. They didn't have courses, assist. yeah. Yeah, no courses existed. Yeah. So, uh, guys, it's been great chatting with you again thank you so much for joining me on this one um do you have any last words before we head out devon Tays for con Smythe. <laughs> look out yeah, yeah and also la is losing to seattle right now so this is great <laughs> so my not job. that i not that i want them to lose but that it makes my prediction look better so yeah good job cal peterson my gosh <laughs> flames get swept in the playoffs that's all i have to say no way. First round? Yeah. No. I don't know who they're playing, but they're going to get swept. I hope it's Edmonton. That'd be I hope so it's, <laughs> it's not going to so be Edmonton swept flame. Oh, I would love that. It's Every not going to be Edmonton be... because I think we can all agree. The two wildcard no. teams are coming no. from the central. 
But yeah, I think I think it's pretty safe to say LA is playing Edmonton if if those two teams make it in. Every game would be oh. ten eight. It'll be so much fun. Just like just oh, don't man. even have goalies in the net anymore. Just like just stick use a beach ball as well or what? <laughs> oh, it'll be so much fun to watch. Harold Sutter would be losing his mind. And <laughs> <laughs> know that new coach they have. We even talk about Jay Woodcroft or whatever his name is. Todd Woodcroft. Oh, yeah. I guess that's new Jay, in the last two Jay. and a half months. Yeah. He's doing okay. He's, He's been playing uh, Ryan McLeod a lot, and the guy has two goals tonight. I'll say that. His first ever two-goal game. He's looking right. good. Her trophy, Ryan McLeod. Yeah, 2023. <laughs> 2023. Him and Devon All right. Devon. We're going to call him Devon, too. Devon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end it there, guys. Have a good one.